0: Imagine putting your heart and soul into creating a product aimed at bringing more pleasure to more people and winning an award based on how innovative it is, only to have the award taken away because the product is too, well, womanly. There's a lot more to this story, of course, which is why I reached out to Laura DiCarlo, a company making headlines recently because of gender bias they've been experiencing. And this product at the center of all of this sounds amazing. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I'm so thankful that you're listening. Before we dive in, a huge sponsor shout out to the Pleasure Chest, an inclusive, sex positive powerhouse of a company that offers free workshops in its stores in New York, Chicago, and here in Los Angeles. Their theme for January is Commit to Pleasure. Stop by one of their stores to shop for toys, lube, sexy accessories, and more, or shop ASAP at thepleasurechest.com. Also, a quick reminder to sign up for occasional Girl Boner extras by email at augustmclaughlin.com or girlboner.org. I send updates about once a month featuring news about upcoming events, occasional surveys, discounts, and freebies, personal notes on lessons I've been learning, and more. You can also find my latest book, Girl Boner, The Good Girl's Guide to Sexual Empowerment, most anywhere books are sold, and pre-order the companion book, Girl Boner Journal, on Amazon. Now I'm so pleased to welcome Laura Haddock and Sarah Brown. Laura is the founder and CEO of Laura DiCarlo, and Sarah is director of marketing for the company. Thank you both so much for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thank you for thank you. having us.
0: Yeah, we're really excited. So before we dive into some of the controversy, I'd love to hear a little bit about your backgrounds. Laura, what did you learn about sex and sexuality growing up?
1: Um, I actually come from a really open family. We always we always talked about sex. We talked about we even talked about masturbation. I learned very young that there's nothing wrong with my body, along there's nothing wrong with your body. And um Uh, It was never a taboo conversation, and um, I have a very good relationship with my mother, and um, uh, moving forward, when I ended up uh, in the Navy, um, when I was, um, I ended up getting a full-ride scholarship um, as a Navy nurse and ended up going to Norwich University. Uh, I didn't spend as long as I would have liked there. Uh, I actually ended up coming out on an honorable discharge to come home and take care of my mother. Um, but while I was there, I did learn something that um, I'm—I'll carry with me for the rest of my life, and it—it it had everything to do with the the bias between men and women, the gender bias. Um, how men can get away with with things where where women um, we have higher expectations held uh, held to us. Um, I think the quote that I that I would love to tell you that I will. Carry with me forever is: you have a choice. If you're going to have a career in the military, you can either be a bitch or a slut, and that was just earth-shattering for me. I was like, "Why? Why? What? What if I want to be both? What if I'm neither?" And what was the context it, for this? It was: if you sleep with one man, you might as well have slept with them all. Or if you say no, you're a bitch. And so the alternative is you the expectation was you better be a bitch or you might as well get out of get out of my navy
0: wow yeah so interesting and so sad wow
1: yeah um so i i i would prefer to just embrace both and but that that kind of uh long story short and it landed me where i am now i spent about a decade in healthcare, and really have a, a kind of a fanatical interest in female physiology and erogenous zones and uh Uh, When I was about 28, I had this just stupid blended orgasm that landed me on the floor and I was staring at the ceiling going, how do I do that again? (laughs) And uh, that's kind of how we ended up here.
0: That's amazing. And I love how even your experience in the military and gender bias, it's almost like it was training and prepping you in a way, like, which we'll get to for sure. I want (laughs) to hear more about that. It's just a very interesting contrast to go from like military to vibrators. And I love it. (laughs)
1: It's not a vibrator.
0: Oh well, <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah, yeah, that is awesome. That is awesome. Sarah, what about you? What did did you have a very sex positive childhood? Um, I I think I probably had a pretty normal, average childhood. My mother was just
3: very um, open about the library and very much like you 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 the library is open to you, the world is open to you. So there was never like a limitation on the things that I could like read or the the movies that I could see outside of some outliers on that. But like, <laughs> you know, so I was one of those kids that when I was about 12, I actually, um, I don't, I'm sure you know, um, Ian Kerner, he wrote, yes. She Comes First, He Comes Next. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my first, I mean, I, you know, we had, I'm from Florida. So sex education in Florida is better than some places, but not amazing. So yeah. there wasn't a massive amount of information there. But as soon as I started getting that info, I started reading.
0: And Ian's a great place to start. Yes, very wow. exactly. and very pleasure is an equal, mm-hmm. not only opportunity, but priority. Exactly. Yeah, I really yeah. like his approach a lot. Exactly. Well, and
3: I also like that he bases it in, he does an anatomy lesson. You're, it's not like this is how you rub or this is what the future, like that it's very much like based in science right. for me. And that is extremely important for me coming from my, my perspective. So I... Well, you know, I originally intended to go into business in um, in China. So I learned Mandarin. I moved to China. I lived in China for eight years. Um, and I, at one point, I took a job with Lalo, uh, which is a very well known in the industry um, and luxury sex toys. Um, I was actually working for A smaller brand in menstrual care actually um developing types of menstrual cups and kegel exercisers and biofeedback related to the pelvic floor and um moved back to the u.s with them and came then was recruited on to join over here but uh very like my background is basically sexual and sexual health and women's health focused beautiful
0: um, yeah that's so wonderful so i'd love to talk a bit about this toy that is not a vibrator <laughs> which actually makes me more interested for lots right. of different reasons because vibrators are not my personal favorites i've i've learned to appreciate them and there are some that i do really love now but tell us a little bit about osei did this blended orgasm experience was that the beginning of creating
1: Yeah, I mean, that was that was a few years ago. And what I what I realized, I mean, it wasn't just, oh, I'm going to go start a company uh, around this, this concept right away, it just kind of kept building. And I started realizing there's really not a product on the market that really serves this need. And what I wanted that need was for it to stimulate both the G spot and the entire clitoris. And um, some people don't understand that the clitoris is actually much larger than just the tiny piece that you do see. Um, it's actually about the size of a halved avocado and reaches from the glands clitoris. The little bit you see reaches all through underneath the labia majora and labia minora and a small bundle of nerves that reaches to the inside of the vaginal canal on the anterior wall, um, which creates the G-spot. So what we're, what I wanted to do was create a device that could stimulate the whole clitoris from the inside to the outside, using biomimicry or the mimicry of human motions and sensations. So we wanted to stimulate the clitoris and the G-spot. I wanted to eliminate um, eliminate the use of vibration for this particular product because I wanted um, something that felt more like human sensation and like being with a human partner. I wanted a, a hands-free free platform because there's Better things to do with your hands.
0: That's true, and then right. it's also very accessible. Yes. Not everyone can comfortably use their exactly. Hands. So I really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I've got um, it, it, that was part of it too is making sure that it was that it was accessible. Some people can't reach. Um, that far, and or it's it's difficult, or they can't hold it. Yeah, or it they hurts. have arthritis, mm-hmm. or an yeah. injury,
3: or you have a sprained finger, mm-hmm. or whatever. Have so. you seen Gra- Grace and Frankie too? Because that's <laughs> <laughs> the second season. The first season oh, the where first they create season. the sex toy. Is it first season or second season? They start on. It. I think. it's... Anyway, yeah. yes, exactly. So there's a relevant scene there. Yes, there. Then entire business builds up around yeah, it. Yeah, It's it's a big thing. That's so, awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um and. Th- Really, the a big important piece of this was, you know, none of us wear the same size bras or the same size shoes. I wanted something that could fit and could be customizable to each individual users anatomy, which is something you cannot find. Um right now the only way to really elicit this kind of orgasm is if you have two very specific toys and you have some very intimate um knowledge about your own physiology and your own likes and that takes time. Or you um have a very talented partner. Or a and, lot of luck. And, and everything just right. sort of like lands <laughs> in the right
0: place. And you're like, I'm on the floor now. Now there, what? Yeah.
1: Well yeah, I think that's it's all pretty hard to come by. So yeah. um, so what I did was actually started uh, doing some data collection and, and talking to people and, and trying to figure out like, where does every where's everyone's individual g-spot where is everyone's clitoris and I started gathering that actual data and when I collected enough um, I started doing a design and how could I make this happen and now did do... you have a like tech robotic background at this point um, I come from a family um, in engineering um, my father was a space station program manager at Kennedy Space Station for NASA. So I, I grew up in the shop, but um, I have a good uh, kind of mind to wrap around engineering and mathematics, which I love, but not a degree. Um, so I had started working on uh, this product in CAD on my own and was like, this is going to be very complicated. So that's when I actually um, approached Oregon State University's John Parmigiani at the uh, College of Engineering. And he has a prototype development lab. And I sat him down and told him basically what I just told you. And I was like, so I had this crazy orgasm when I was 28. And he was like,
2: That's a lot of information.
1: (laughs) And so um, then I handed him a, uh, a doc that had 52 engineering requirements to complete this kind of device. And that's when he went oh, oh, we could do that. We can do that. That's definitely something we can do. Okay,
0: so I'm totally inspired. Even beyond the sexuality piece, which obviously I care a lot about, I love that you had this idea and you had enough knowledge to believe that it, something might be possible. Mm-hmm. So many people, I think, when they have an idea, like, oh, I wish I had this thing that would do this, this, and this. Yeah. But they're like, oh, that sounds impossible. And then that's it. Yeah. And I love that you drew on your own background and your your family and your upbringing and all this stuff and the skills you have and then also knew when it was time to like there's got to be someone who does know how to do this yes that's amazing
1: so when you heard from him
0: we could do this how did you
1: feel um well i I mean we i'd spoken to a couple of different engineers and um you know some maybe older schools of thought that were like oh that's too complicated and then i sat down with john and, um, you know, he, he would tell you, like anybody else that comes in and they're like, I have this great idea for this machine, and most of it, it sounds kind of like a perpetual motion machine, and they have no idea how they're going to get there, and they, they expect the engineer to just figure it out. So when you walk in and you say, this is exactly what I need, front to back, and, the, like, here's all the parameters, here's all the requirements, he was very excited about it. He's like, this is going to be a really hard problem to solve, but but we can do it. I think we can do it. And I was ecstatic, so what we ended up doing at that point was putting together a team of student engineers and, um, and, and uh, professors, and uh, we created an um, industry-sponsored research program at Oregon State through my company, and we started bringing students in, and they started working on this pro- on this project. And at one point, we had 10 engineers in a room. We were meeting on a weekly basis. Go and- Oregon
0: University. <laughs> I mean, so I participated in sexuality research at Rutgers. Yeah. And when I talked to the researchers, I asked them, like, you know, thank goodness it's not like the 70s now, and <sighs> it's not Masters in Sex. You can do these studies. And he's like, you'd be amazed at how hard it is to be able to do these studies. When you, because people hear, oh, sex on campus. Which, first of all, hello, yeah, (laughs) it's college. But then, (laughs) secondly, it's like also when you bring in females, femmes, people with vulvas,
1: people get wiggy. Mm -hmm. So, did you
0: did you meet any resistance?
1: Um, We had. I'll be very honest. I think we had like one or two engineers that seemed a little bit nervous. But truly, um, everyone that came on the team stayed on the team as long as they could. And every single person that sat in that room was ecstatic about what we were doing. And a couple of the people that came in um, are one uh, uh, Lola Fars, who is an expert in material science. She's a baccalaureate in mechanical engineering, also has experience with um, in anatomy, physiology, chemistry. She's brilliant. And she's now my technical director. Um, another one is Dr. Ada Rhodes-Short, um, who has a doctorate in um, in mechanical engineering, and she's an expert in AI and robotics. And this is the kind of team that we've that we built over the last year, in order to get this product to market. And I've got a, a team of mostly women engineers, and we're starting to bring on more males. And I think that they would they would easily call themselves feminists as well. Though it's
0: yeah, I think it, they almost would have to be yeah. And also, it's great to involve all genders and be like, yes, mm-hmm. yes. we all care about this pleasure yeah. and. And pleasure isn't a gendered thing, like it no. shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And when did you become a part of this, Sarah? I got recruited in um, and in the fall, basically. Um, and what did you think right off? Obviously, you'd already worked with, you know, Lilo, and so you're familiar and probably yes. eager. But
3: so, I mean, I think the for me it was yeah. First of all, my biggest issue with taking this job was moving to Oregon. That was <laughs> pretty much the 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 bigger challenge for me um pretty much they they had me come out and see the tech and see the lab and meet the team and interviewed me pretty intensely pretty like everyone interviewed me i think entire the entire team (laughs) like interns (laughs) in assistants so (laughs) can you give us an
0: example of what a question might be
3: um I, i so i'm very used to talking about um you know, I, I talk, I, my entire life, my entire professional career has been about vaginas. Um, and I'm very much, I under everybody recognizes that vaginas are, pe- men have vaginas, women have vaginas, There, are lots of different people have vaginas, doesn't matter. But I was actually asked, what does it mean to be inclusive? What you keep saying inclusive, what does that mean? And I had to kind of, I sat there and I was like, well, it means including people, and I, you know, it was this. Mo- you know, you had that moment, but um, you know, that's been kind of the team is very involved in who gets to be involved in a project like this, and it's you know not excluding people from what we're trying to do and not keeping perspectives out. I mean, diversity is where ideas come in. That's we we talk about that quite a bit. Is you know the way that the adult industry works is very specific. It's the way that you do business is very specific, but it's always good to bring in people who are not from your same space. And that's the same thing coming from different perspectives in that as well. Um, So for me, it was I came in, I saw what they were working on. And there were things particularly in the marketing and branding realm where I was like, I'm when should I start? (laughs) But because they had nobody doing they had they had. They didn't have anybody senior who had been doing this a long time to help with that. And maybe that. who
0: knows some of the intricacies. unique intricacies. That's a very diplomatic word, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. yes. But yeah, there, there are a lot of layers and potential challenges yeah. and creative ways. And for me, one thing I strive to do is to find that balance where you're working within the culture that you're mm-hmm. in. And pushing the envelope without going to this point where you're not allowed anywhere, right? Right. But then inevitably something comes up that is completely ludicrous. Yes. Which I know we'll we'll get to here in a second too. Mm-hmm. So, at what point was the t- was the toy actually like? When was Ose Ose?
1: Um, it it's kind of funny because it's not like the. The kind of prototype that you just put it in your hand, you're like, we're done. Um, it's, it's still even when we're as we're entering our bridge to manufacturing, we're still making small edits and small iterations. But we had, um, I mean, really, essentially, mid around December was we were like, we're. We know we know we're good here. And do you all we're, get to test it out. We we tested multiple functions. So the the thing that's really interesting is that when as you're integrating this, and it's it's again has to do with bridged manufacturing. So each function is finished. So we've tested individual functions one by one. Um, but yes, I was uh, kind of the uh, first woman on to be sent to the moon. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it worked well yeah. then. If, yeah. you, if you made it to the mood, I was, I was, um, you know, you're always, you're always going to be like, you, there's that little voice in the back of your head that goes, oh my
0: God. So you're like enjoying gonna, yourself and you're also work. like judging it as a scientist and a oh, CEO no. and all this, yeah. like that must have been a really
1: interesting yeah. in masturbatory the, experience. Yeah. <laughs> in the back of my mind, there's that little voice that's going, oh my gosh, what if it doesn't work? And I tried it and went, oh my God, it works.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Even with that bit of anxiety, oh, which says yeah. a lot because relaxation is so important for arousal. And if it can, like, <laughs> override right. that, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. So at what point did you – tell us about finding out that you had initially won this award. And, and the award was
1: called the – It's um, it's called an Honorary Innovation Award from CES for 2019 in the robotics and drones category. And this is a big tech
3: trade
0: show, right? It's huge,
3: right. yes. Okay. Yeah. So the official is the CES Innovation Awards and then we were the honorees. So honoree is like
0: semi-finalist. Got it. Basically. In. Okay. Yeah. And so you found out. Yeah. That must have been a thrilling moment.
1: It It was, um, there was a lot of uh, woo-girling yeah. and squealing and jumping and then, oh my God. And um We we applied in in September, and then um, we got the notification in early October, and really the reason that we wanted to apply is because, one, I know that this tech is extremely innovative, and what we've been able to produce in the last year and a half, not just the tech that we produce, but the um, methodologies by which we iterate and how we rapidly prototype within our own lab that we've built is astonishing. Um, the lab that we put together with Lola and Ada and the rest of the team is, is really remarkable in and of itself. And I felt absolutely within our rights to, to put this application in. And then, you know, you get vetted by the CTA, the Consumer Technology Association. They look over your product. They look over your company. They say, yes, you can definitely apply. They move you on. You get judged by a panel of expert judges who are experts in robotics and drones, And those experts decided that we deserved that award, and it was just—it was mind-boggling and wonderful and exciting. And um, it was kind of—it was validating. I mean, we know that our tech is good,
0: but yeah, to have it come from another organization, someone mm -hmm. who's separate from it, yeah, and to go through this vetting process, yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, and I think it a lot of it does also come down to for me from from being inside the industry and knowing how many walls there are for products like ours to be seen as innovation and to be recognized as something that the tech within it is worth, you know, talking about outside of the space itself. Well, it's just putting aside the fact that, like, we should be talking about tech within in sexual pleasure and sexual wellness and, and vaginal health and all of that. Um, for me, I'd known that we had problems with, with bias against the tech and against women for a very long time. So to for me, the getting the award was – I was like, oh, she this is a step it. in the right mm-hmm. direction? Yeah. Like, okay, that's great. Like, this means that we're actually going to start seeing – Tech, kind of looking back and realizing how much impact
0: the adult industry has had to drive to drive innovation, and how long between that. Tell us about the moment when you found out it was being revoked.
1: Um, I was in a I was in an engineering meeting, um, and we were doing um, we were doing a critical design review, and I got a call from our uh, press rep, and. She said, "It's really important. Can you sit down?" And I was like, "I'm uh, hold on." So I I left the meeting. I sit down and I was like, "What, Evie? What's going on?" And she, she said, "I need you to breathe. They're taking your award away." And my my heart just dropped into my stomach, and I immediately like I I had like a fight or flight response. I was I just about lost it. And um, what what they had said, what had happened was um, our PR rep was when, when you get one of these awards, they allow you space in the showcase. If all the honorees get space in the showcase, it's like this special place you get to be in. But if you want to be in the showcase, you have to also have uh, space on the exhibitor floor. So you have to buy that. So we we were in the process of trying to get space on the exhibitor floor so that we could be in the showcase. We have a
0: dog friend. Don't worry about it. <laughs>
1: Bless you. <laughs> yeah, cuz in tight. I think that maybe she's a little like, why is it happening to my like, mom? He's just like, he's like, can can we play? Yeah. Um, so while we were trying to uh, secure that exhibitor space, they they said, oh wait, you you're an a ad- you're an adult product. You do things with vagina. Oh no 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 vaginas. And they said we can't be on the exhibitor floor. So we went back to the showcase and said, they said we can't be on the floor. How can we still be in the showcase? couple of days go by and then they respond saying we're sorry but your product this this spawned a conversation that went straight up the administrative ladder and we've deemed that your product is ineligible it's, it's ineligible um that it's obscene that it's, help me out here. Immoral. Immoral. And profane. Profane. This was our favorite word
3: within uh, the team, I, profane, <laughs> literally to be called prof- profane. For us, we were we were just, Lola was like, I've, I've always immoral. wanted
0: like, to. Immoral. The immorality <laughs> there. Like, what and,
1: is the... Uh, wow. I, um, my it's, response was just, the, you are, what? Yeah. But, and all I could think is, what is how does tech, that has to do with women's, with people's vaginal health and sexual wellness... How is that obscene or immoral? And um, a couple of days after that, we got another letter stating because we replied, they, we, we she immediately replied. She
3: there was then the open letter that you see on our website is only a part of the letter that she sent to yeah. the CTA and, the, and CES. Yeah.
1: So um, we immediately replied and, and um, you know, we cited, my, my general counsel also replied. We cited everything, you know, this is your actions. Your, your decision is arbitrary. It's capricious. It's biased. There's, you know, you have sex tech on the floor. You have VR porn, explicit VR porn for men on your floor. You have sex toys on your floor. Last year you had, you had a sex doll, an AI sex doll. You can change its face, change its accent, and it'll give you a blowjob, gave an interview last year. So
0: all of these things are way more explicit than what you're providing. Yeah. Completely. And do you feel that there was a conscious decision because it had to do with vulva's vagina's or do you feel like that is the brainwashing, where when people see it, they
1: go, "Oh, that's creepy," whereas they're used, they're like, "Oh, that's a dude thing. That's fine." Well, what they did next is is was curious because instead of sticking to the fact that they thought that it was obscene or immoral or profane, they um, they immediately shot back. Gary Shapiro and Karen Chupka, the executive VP and VP or and president of the uh, CTA, responded themselves saying, we're sorry, there was a misunderstanding. You should have never gotten this far in the process in the first place. Your award is being revoked, and we will give you a refund for your application fee. This is a month later, mind you, we've already started putting plans into action for PR. I've already had investor interest. We we're already signing deals. And, um, and we got all the way, th- we didn't get through some of the process we got all the
0: way through the process which obviously was very complex yes sarah as a marketing you know guru and and professional when you heard that that there was like the backpedaling did that seem to you like something that companies do when they're like oh crap we messed up let's make it about the wallpaper they changed their they changed their language three times
3: okay they changed their excuses so they we got some it was such a Yes. The short answer is yes. That is absolutely backtracking and like a changing of minds. And it did. You saw that it went up the the corporate ladder because Mm -hmm. it started with an administrator at, you know, at the level of deciding what goes on the show floor to then it went to directly up to CEO and president and VP of the entire organization. Um, And... Then it went back down to lawyers.
1: And, and they were, <laughs> the administrators were the ones that, so th- the last letter that we sent, so we, we responded with that reasoning saying, L- we made it all the way through your process. This doesn't make any sense. Please respond to the questions that we've asked you. And, and their response was finally, you do not fall within any category at the CES show you are not robotic in any way, shape, or form. We are removing your award, and we are, re- and you are being banned from the show entirely.
3: They're saying and- that we weren't eligible for the robotics category, the robotics and drones. So we just weren't. They weren't. They they just very carefully. There was a misunderstanding. You weren't eligible in the first place.
0: Apologies. We should have caught this earlier. So the only thing they apologized for was that they didn't catch that you were ineligible earlier. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, when they said that you, it wasn't robotic, from it, an engineering standpoint, is, that's <laughs> we, the we next have, thing. We have another.
1: We, <laughs> we're going to follow up with that as well. Um, so, mind you, the administrators made this decision. They decided that we that this was this product was not eligible for uh, a robotics. So,
0: people who are at the desk doing the yeah, not more the experts, stuff. not yeah. the
1: experts that handed out the award, the administrators. Um, so what happened next was uh, we responded, uh, John Parmigiani at Oregon State University, uh, the College of Engineering, he responded saying, I've been working with this team for the last year and I will tell you this, you've made a mistake, it is a robotic product. It's, there is, he, he gave them the definition of robotics. He, he explained how each each function within this device is in fact robotic. And they never responded.
0: For a gigantic company, too, it it feels very sloppy. It's a very common PR response
3: is essentially, and they've done it. And, and we've seen this in the response also that the CTA has given journalists who have contacted. Um, so essentially they say one thing. Then they pick another reason. So they say it's immoral, it's obscene, blah, blah, blah. Then they, they backtrack and they go general. And they say it wasn't eligible. They don't give details on why it wasn't eligible. They just blanket statement. Now the only statement that the CTA will give out to journalists and you're talking like, you know, all of these journalists, Gizmodo and Gadget, all of these huge and glam uh, Cosmo, um, like all, all across the board. And they basically repeat, we told them two months ago, we're sorry. This was not eligible for any of our categories.
0: Wow. And then they wow. kind of do a they shrug. My goodness.
3: Which is funny because it's also very funny because they, they the person who um, is the PR contact that they're using, the person who's speaking to media, her name is also Sarah Brown.
1: <laughs>
0: You're kidding. I absolutely yeah. think they did it on purpose. Yeah. Like oh there are gosh. other PR
3: people working in that office. How convenient.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's I'm crazy. sure she's a very nice woman. But that is kind of ironic, isn't yes. it? Yeah. So you've turned it into this beautiful campaign. I really respect that you have used this experience to shed light on the broader issues. Thank you. I also hope it does so much good for your sales. Yeah. What was that decision process like to, oh. we're gonna launch this campaign, hashtag, get the word out, and not only help this specific business niche that you're in, but as a whole?
1: Um, I think even before even before this deblockable CES happened, um, that was always part of the mission that was always part of our vision as a company is, um, to make really great tech and to really embrace, um, diversity and equality, um, across the board. And so all they did really is, is give us a, an even better platform to launch with. Um, to be honest, it's, because people yeah. have
0: responded beautifully. I told you, I was on a plane, and I'm getting all these people sending me articles about you. Yeah. And
3: mm-hmm.
0: and I think they probably would have had they just heard about the actual toy, too, because it, it sounds really incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Several people wrote me and said, could you please find out when I can get one? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll ask you that, too. When is it coming yeah. out? Um, um, Q3. So
3: yeah. uh, fall of Oh, fall of two thousand and nineteen awesome. that's the question we're getting most common. so I mm-hmm. actually as we were walking in here, I posted on our Instagram about it okay. and it'll head on and off. what's your Instagram? People can stay in the loop that way so Twitter and Instagram are at Laura de Carlo underscore hq perfect yeah we're mm-hmm. also on Facebook, but you'll just have to look for Laura de Carlo and it's a um, brand page so you can awesome see us.
1: but if people yeah. want to actually get um, you know uh, get updated regularly if you go onto our website, you can sign up for our newsletter. And we'll let you know what's going on with the CES thing. Um, and we'll definitely let you know what's going on with um, with our release date. Because um, we're very excited about that. <laughs> that is, I'm so excited,
0: too. That is awesome. That is awesome. What do you hope most that people experience from the toy?
1: Um, really, it's about... Uh, that's a really great question because I've had... A lot, of, a lot of cisgendered males also ask, like, either they're very excited about it or they're very wary of it. And I think what I would love to say more than just I want you to explore your own body, it's really a great tool for partners to explore each other. A lot of people with vaginas don't necessarily know exactly what they like. It takes time to really understand exactly what your preferences are, exactly what your favorite spots are, the, the frequency and the motion and uh, the placement. And what you can do with this product is really experiment and kind of dial it in. And then you know what you get to do with that? You can tell your partner exactly what you like.
0: Which is so beautiful. I mean, toys definitely don't replace people. They're a wonderful accessory. And I love toys within couples and within Mm -hmm. partnerships and relationships. And it's a beautiful way to have a new adventure together Yes, to learn about your own body. But I've... I've just not heard of an actual case where a sex toy, other than maybe being a point of contention when people don't know, understand those things, yeah, they've maybe heard some damaging myths that are really common, like, oh, they're for lonely people or something. <laughs> or they, the yeah. opposite of true, right? Yeah, or they make it so you can't orgasm without, it without with your right, partner. Right, right. right which, which in fact, it's the opposite, right? Yeah. yeah, people have more pleasure. The more you orgasm, the
3: easier it is for you to orgasm in the future. Did you hear that, guys? It's really easier. easier. It makes it easier. Yeah. 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 It's, really true. it's I, really true.
1: I look at it as kind of like a, human beings, as, just as creatures, we have, we have our addictions. And pleasure is, is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you expose somebody to a truly good orgasm, then they're going to want to have that again. They're going to want to do it again. And you, you literally start building up this, yes, I want this. I want this on a daily basis. And you know what that does? It increases your libido. And you know what that does? It makes partnered sex really really awesome and Mm -hmm.
0: it's it's more fun it's more engaging yeah Yeah. absolutely and from the gender bias aspect of all the work you're doing what's a big takeaway what do you want people to know who are hearing about this and I think most of us can relate on some level whether it's just in a daily life situation or or if you're in the sexual space what's what's a message you want people to have
1: we're not going to be quiet about this we're not going to drop this and we are I, I would really like to encourage everyone that's listening or anybody that's read anything about this um, to speak up as well. Um, I work with uh, quite a few uh, female-facing entrepreneurs, uh, new business people, and one of their fears um, that I hear about regularly is um, you know, if, if a female-facing person complains or is, is, if faces some sort of injustice in business, they don't want to say anything because they're afraid that somebody's going to call them bitchy, or they're whiny, or they're saying it's not fair, or they'll have their funding pulled. You know that 2% of all VC funds go to women, 2%. And, 2%, and 0.2% go to women of color. And that's atrocious. And and it's it's because you're afraid to speak up. And the fact is, we decided to fight back. And we, we decided to speak up. And we got nothing but a rally of support. And my investors Gave us even more support, and backed us more than they had even before. They're they are definitely they're dug in. So, don't be afraid to to speak up. Um, if something's unfair, say that it's unfair because it is.
0: It's, it's fucking unfair. It unfair. is. And I have to say too, if 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 you don't feel like you have that agency, like if you don't feel like like if you are somebody who, if you speak up, you may potentially get fired. For example, right. talk to some somebody will help somebody will help you whether it maybe it's not going to the ceo yourself maybe it's binding together you know there there are these ways um reaching out and and trying to find someone who can who will who will do that as you have all done i mean i think Mm -hmm. it's really inspiring i'm really grateful awesome i think it's a big
3: thing for me on my side is be having being kind of a veteran in this space and having the experience that i've had it's about not just speaking up about problems that are are happening it's also just getting involved in the first place not being afraid to to step out and say something's missing in this market something my voice or the voice like me or someone who looks like me or identifies the way that I look um, we're missing in this conversation and that's we know we know there's there's studies on absolutely everything from when we talk about VC's and funding that way but also there's in terms of just the amount of innovation that comes from just having a di- diverse team oh yeah the strong the strength of that team in creating that community and you know female founders we know that we've proven that they are successful in terms of profit being more diverse there are Harvard studies on this about how diversity makes for a more profitable business. So first of, I mean, first it's just to people who are not normally represented in these spaces, get out there and try to get in there and be Mm -hmm. be there. For people who own companies in this space, you're gonna make more money if you hire more diverse employees. Mm. And that's employees, it's also exhibitor space at trade shows. You, there is more opportunity for growth and more opportunity for
0: technology exchange that way as well. That is, yeah. It makes it such a practical decision. Mm. Yes. Which, you know, I mean, if hopefully people do it because it's th- the right thing, right? Uh, but I yeah. think if you've never learned it, you know, if you go through your life and this is just how my life is and I'm yeah. able to move forward and yeah. people around me, we all look alike and it just works, mm-hmm. you know, until they hear a message like that. Oh, wait, actually, we would all benefit in so many monetarily. ways. I, monetarily. Monetarily, yeah, yeah. And then also, hopefully, your heart expands also, which yeah. may be a surprising benefit for some people. I so. think that's the biggest
3: thing with, uh, you have to, it, it would be nice if everyone looked at this in terms of, well, it'd be nice to enrich everyone's lives. And it'd be li- nice to give jobs to people who wouldn't normally be allowed in this space. And it's nice to have better perspectives and create products that actually appeal to all people. Um, but we know that it's important to be able to come at it from another tack as well. Um, and we all want to make money. We all want to be able to keep our businesses afloat. Um, so that's a definite benefit. And there's nothing
0: wrong with that. Exactly. That uh, yeah. I did an episode on finance and empowerment specifically because I think we don't need to feel shame around wanting to Thank have you. money. Mm-hmm. And to yeah. you can make a bigger impact. You can have more fun and pleasure, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, you can do a lot of good <laughs> things with money yeah definitely what
1: was um what was really interesting is when we first started uh kind of putting it out there and, and hiring for our a couple of engineers we we put the ad out and we have a predominantly female team, and that wasn't like we didn't go looking for a bunch of women engineers it just it literally just happened to be that way so it was they they came in and they were like we want to do something different and so it's we've got uh two two engineering assistants also who are in the Bachelors program right now. And one's 19, one's 22, and they are absolutely amazing. Amazing, um, amazing Avery are just seriously kick butt. That's awesome. So, it must yeah. be so fun, too, and fulfilling that you're, yeah. you
0: are building this space and a team yeah. and creating opportunities for people, which yeah. is so awesome. Yeah. I just huge kudos to you both Thank and to your whole team. Thank you so much for being here. Would you share, again, your website? Uh, www.lauradicarlo.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Any last words of advice for someone who wants to have more pleasure in their lives? Oh. Try everything. Yeah. Don't be ashamed of it. Yeah. I mean, try everything yeah. that you want to try. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Caveat
3: there. <laughs> try everything that you want to try yeah. that looks like it could be fun because you never know.
0: It's true. It, that's very true. It's very true. Yeah. Thank you. That's very, very wise. Before we wrap up here today, our resident sex and relationship therapist, Dr. Megan Fleming of GreatLifeGreatSex.com, wanted to share a message in light of Girl Boner Radio's 250th episode that released last week and announce something very special she has put together just for you all.
2: August, wow. Congratulations on the launch of your 250th episode. You and your work through Girl Boner has been an amazing contribution. Um, The content that you create is honestly a true gift uh, to women and men to own their pleasure and their sexuality. And I can honestly say it's been an amazing pleasure for me personally, contributing, And gosh, I think it's almost been at least three years, as your resident sex expert. I can honestly say it's, you know, The courage that I've heard in the stories and the interviews, the information, the availability, the resources, um, the questions of your listeners. Been blown away and can't wait, of course, to see all that's going to come in the next days, weeks, and years. And I personally, for some time, have wanted to offer something a little bit more than the answer to your weekly questions. And that's why I'm thrilled to be announcing an upcoming five week course. I have designed for Girl Boner. As you know, I'm all about having a great life with great sex. And if you're listening and you're interested in having your own, this course is for you. I will be providing over five weeks game-changing content to deliberately help you to take charge of your beliefs, thoughts, and actions so that you can personally define with clarity your own actionable path for consciously creating and living your own great life. With great sex, of course. There will be weekly assignments to apply the material in your life, and, and this is a real bonus, insightful weekly group coaching video chats in a safe and confidential environment to integrate all that you'll be learning. I'm 100% committed to your health, happiness, success, and sex life. So stay tuned. More details to follow in the next few weeks.
0: How exciting, right? I can't wait to hear more. Thank you so much as always, Dr. Megan. If you are enjoying Girl Boner Radio, please subscribe on iTunes if you haven't and leave us a simple review and rating while you're there. You can also follow along on iHeartRadio and Spotify. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week. Girl Boner Radio is owned, operated, and executively produced by me, August McLaughlin. With technical producer and audio extraordinaire, Mackenzie Mazel, as part of the Period Podcast Network, an affiliate of Starburns Industries. Learn more about the Girl Boner podcast brand movement and book series at girlboner.org and more about Period at periodnetwork.com.